Athletics podcast listeners. Um, today we're going to cover the history of CrossFit. Um, we'll kind of go chronologically where it started, where it's heading, um, and how kind of our personal stories have mixed into that. Um, so, going to start kind of with the, the root level how CrossFit got started, what it is, why it is. Cool. I think we should start with uh, Greg Glassman as a little boy. Is he a lad? Up. Yeah, so he he um, had polio as a child, and so he wanted, he took up gymnastics to like get um, some of his strengths back and to um, kind of combat that. So he was um, big into gymnastics in high school, and um, and then he he took like a fall off the rings or, or like a parallel bar or something yeah and he messed up his hip so that's why he has that kind of limp that everyone notices um and then uh but yeah in in i think high school is when he started like putting together the fact that like he was you know a, a decent gymnast but there were gymnasts that would beat him and then he was a decent cyclist but there was you know cyclists that would beat him um but he was like better at gymnastics than any of the bicyclers you know so like he kind of started putting together like what's the price in uh specializing right he found that by using dumbbells and barbells it put him ahead of other gymnasts yeah so yeah he started like strength training in his garage and that's when he found like fran which was 2159 of thrusters and pull-ups and he like he tells a story of how he like threw up and then went and got his friend and made his friend do it. Um, of course. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, and that's what we all do. We're like, this was horrible. you got to come do it. <laughs> yeah, try it. Um, but, yeah, I think I, I think that kind of, like, started um, at that point. He started putting some stuff together, like, right, like he crossing said, different fitness modalities. Yeah, he said that, um, like, coming off, he's, he's a competitive gymnast. And that it was like a two and a half minute, you know, that you're working out. And he said that was the worst feeling or whatever. You're totally wiped after that. So that those high intense, high intensity, like short workouts were the best. And that's what he wanted to replicate when he did Fran. Right. Very cool. Yeah. And that was like in, in the times was so counter to what everyone else was doing, like training wise. And as a personal trainer too, like what he was prescribing for workouts was so like counterculture. Right. Um, to like the gyms he was working in and stuff. Yeah, it was just all bodybuilding at that point. Yeah. And then it was like bodybuilding or endurance training. Right, late 90s. Yeah. 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 And that's that's kind of how like the business side of things developed too. Like he was personal training and he got kicked out of all these Globo gyms because he was doing crazy stuff. Um, and then he you know kind of opened his own and he was kind of booked with one-on-one clients and then he started um thinking like all right they're paying 75 bucks each an hour 
how about like they only get they only pay 50 bucks and both of them train together so it's going to be cheaper for them and then he's also will be um making 100 bucks instead of 75 so it kind of just developed to that and then like oh what if we had four people and he kind of realized that he could train more people um than one at a time and like the community aspect started coming in um and so that's kind of how like the group training model of crossfit came about but it crossfit doesn't have to be in group classes that's just kind of the most popular yeah way to do it and most of those first like test subjects if you will were like first responder types people Mm -hmm. looking for like that general physical preparedness right and he was claiming he had this i guess new concoction of that mixed modality style um that would put them in a position to do their jobs better Right, like he was even hired by the Santa Cruz Police Department right. to train all them. Yeah, yeah. This like he, that was the big focus was like GPP general physical preparedness, and like that applies to first responders, you know, military, um, you know, being able to be ready to do anything was kind of like the big, um, the the big concept of CrossFit. Right, and that <clears throat> I, I think was also the draw to overall like fitness enthusiasts and when words start getting out of um you know how much progress that his clients were making it like drew all over the world kind of like people who wanted to um get involved in that like general fitness um like challenges Mm -hmm. and eventually developing into like that first uh year at the games in 2007 yeah yeah and i i think even even in those early stages he mentioned like um, you know, he had these people that were showing huge improvements, like physically, um, but they were also like getting off of blood pressure medication and like, um, you know, getting much healthier health markers at that point. So they were, so that kind of, um, like he said in an interview that that kind of happened like by accident that, um, you know, he just started noticing people were getting way healthier when they were training with this modality. Right. It's like he stumbled onto this right. uh, great discovery. And, right. like, if you look at it now, how, you know, expansive it's become and how, like, how much efficacy it has as a training modality, it's crazy to think that it was almost, like, like an accidental find. Right. Like, when he started this, this wasn't meant to be an affiliate type thing. But yeah. people went and, like, seeked him out to want to be affiliates. Right. Yeah, the, the first affiliate was like i think a couple years after he officially opened crossfit santa cruz um and he established crossfit in 2000 so yeah and then the first affiliate was in 2002 and they yeah they approached him like saying hey i want to i want to do crossfit how do i like buy into this and he was like you know he hadn't even thought about it he was just like uh i don't know give me 500 bucks a year and and so that's kind of how the first affiliate got started um yeah and then i'd say it didn't it didn't grow like very fast um i have some numbers if you want to know yeah so in 2005 there was anybody guess how many affiliates there were 2005 13 (laughs) in 2012 there were 3400 and i couldn't find like now but in 2018 there were 15,500 wowza Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, th- I think it's important to 
note too that he's not like he didn't he didn't invent any like exercises um it was more like like he didn't invent some like crazy board that you stand on that you balance on and it gives you abs or like some stupid shoes that you walk on and they make you fit you know like he he literally like um just changed like a methodology and created this like free online website where you go but it was it was more like how how to work out correctly rather than like use this and buy this you know fad apparatus or whatever so that i think that that really differentiates like a fad from like something that's going to be here for a long time i feel like yeah i think so too it was really a a kind of a colliding of worlds too it was gymnasts coming together with power lifters coming together with olympic lifters coming together with endurance athletes right not saying one's better than the other saying we're gonna we're gonna try all these at once right thing yeah and you can see like that's a good example of like um just knowing what fitness was like nobody really knew what fitness was before crossfit like a scientifically measurable definition like um you would see like a marathon runner and you're like wow they're super fit they can run a marathon but then you think well how much can they deadlift how much can they squat Mm -hmm. they're not very strong you know and then the other end of the spectrum you'd see like a power lifter and be like wow they're very fit they can Mm -hmm. you know back squat almost a thousand pounds or something so we would kind of use the word fit to describe um specialized people you know whereas um now it's kind of more accepted that fitness is like you know how how good you are at everything you know the work capacity across broad time and mobile domains is Mm -hmm. the is the actual definition but yeah yeah and you and like going back to the heart rate thing like um you can use the example of um if someone you know if a bear is charging you you're and you're just standing there your heart rate's going to be elevated that doesn't yeah. mean that you're and glassman once famously said it too like you take a race car driver their heart rate's at like 160 at all times but they're right. literally sedentary they're sitting in a seat right uh, it doesn't mean they're they're being physically active or being physically intense right it means their their body's in a life or death situation so uh while heart rate can be a, a correlate to intensity and not not necessarily a way to define it so crossfit coming along also help define intensity as well yeah, I think through that, like providing um, certifications and like making sure that your coaches had at least the same baseline standard level of knowledge on like what the modality is and what the science is behind it was hugely important because like you can go online and get like a personal training uh, certificate through like you know clicking on pictures and that type of stuff, but <clears throat> like the CrossFit model offered those hands-on. Um, you know, practical certifications that give, like, the base level of the affiliates, um, like, kind of a standard to uphold. Yeah, and CrossFit has kind of morphed into more of a certification company rather than, like, an online place to get your workouts, which was pretty cool, too. Like, even, I mean, in the very beginning, the certifications were, like, you'd have to go to Santa Cruz, and, like, you know, he would talk about these like the ideas and the methodologies of crossfit and then like get you drunk and like <laughs> make you do friend the next morning is like a prank like that was like the original like i watched search, a you know? thing with him actually um yesterday and he was talking about how somebody contacted him and said hey we want to come out we want to learn everything you know and he goes we've never done that before and they're like we don't care we we want to start this we want to learn and he's like all right 
So it was like him and five trainers, and they just threw everything that they had at them over the two days. And they're like, here's this, here's this, do this workout, do this workout. And he said they were lucky they didn't kill him by the end of the weekend because they just gave him <laughs> so much stuff. So it's yeah. morphed a lot, and it's gotten, right. obviously, better, as everything does with time. Right. Yeah, even when I, in 2010, um, when I got my level one, it was like they were just starting to do them across the country. Um, and so, like, I had to go to Connecticut. That was um, kind of the closest one. Um, but that one was much more, like, regimented and professional. Like, they had, you know, they did lectures. They did breakdowns. Um, they still handed out beers and stuff, and I think they still do that now. But, um, but yeah, it was very, very professional. And it's still not as, like, tidied up, though, as it is today. Like, we were mm-hmm. just saying how we got, like, the certifications printed out on like a word document and like yeah Yeah. we hung out for an hour after the cert to see if we passed or not right um yeah and now they have the level one through three and they're working on the level four so yeah and they have all the specialty classes so it's definitely more of like a a a certification company now right which they kind of as that started like the other certification companies started attacking them so that's when like um, the whole, um, uh, like the yeah, NSCA paperwork came out, and um, and then CrossFit sued them because they said CrossFit was dangerous, and so that was a that was a big turning point in CrossFit too. So they were trying to like land a military contract, kind of, and um, and that that's kind of, uh, and so they published this um, like. It wasn't a fake publication, but it was, like, very skewed, and it wasn't accurate and definitely, like, biased. And uh, so they they wanted it to, to show that CrossFit causes injuries, and it kind of got out all over the the media. And so that was pretty, like, devastating. That's when the whole, like, CrossFit causes injury thing started. We did a podcast a while back on it, too, and I'll, I'll put the, uh, the podcast info in the, the show notes of this one, too. So if you want to go listen to more in depth about that one you can go listen to that as well yeah and that case was recently settled CrossFit yeah. was uh, the victor mm-hmm. in that case of like defamation correct yeah yeah and the uh, the judge the Supreme Court judge actually said in, in all of her years of being a judge she's never seen such blatant like made up false information in a an article before that the NSCA did so right. it was Closed case, cross it one, a lot of money, but right. it definitely did some damage in the meantime. I was going to say, even <laughs> though like it came out that it was all falsified, it's still everyone still thinks that yeah. CrossFit's like the dangerous thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like we you still hear that all the time. Oh, CrossFit's dangerous. Yeah. But yeah, so that was I think was that in like 2013 or t- I think, I think it was 14, but some yeah somewhere in that uh, area. That was after that was the in divorce Ohio. issues? I thought that was before the divorce issues. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. But yeah, around that time, a lot of stuff was happening. It was CrossFit, <laughs> like, Re- Reebok um, started, like, so the CrossFit game started in 2007, and um, that's evolved a ton, um, even, like, over the last year. Does so anyone know evolved. the first place prize for 2007? M- Money-wise? Yeah. Uh, 200. 75. 500. Ah. And, and uh, some Progenics, too, I think, right? No, Progenics wasn't until 2010. Oh, okay. Yeah. What so was this year's purse? 
So this year, I had 2019, which was 300,000. Mm. So it's increased a bit. <laughs> yeah. Plus, like, all the sponsors and stuff. It like, running was, was, like, the first millionaire CrossFitter. Yeah. Once 2011, like, Reebok started in, that's when the, the prize money went up a lot. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the first one in 2007 was more like a backyard barbecue, and they were, like, working out. And then in 2010, it started getting, like, pretty legit. I think there was, like... Um, was that the know, first the, year in uh, Corona or Carson. Yeah, in Carson. Carson yeah. yeah. So I think, I think, yeah, I think it was like maybe four thousand people, um, like did the open in two thousand eleven or something like that, or maybe t- four thousand in two thousand ten. But that's when it like started to get a little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. Like, well, the open started in two thousand eleven. That was the yeah. first year. Yeah, but I think they had like sectionals in two thousand ten. Mm-hmm. I think, and so like, you know, from from start to finish like 4,000 people started um, but I think even in 2010 you couldn't really claim you were the fittest in the world because not everybody knew about CrossFit whereas like by 2011 2012 it was like you know if you wanted to be get the title of the fittest in the world then mm-hmm. this was the place to do it so um, it's crazy to me to like that within seven years of like its kind of inception as just the training methodology that it turned in, like that the competitive nature of athletics like took its hold on it right you know what i mean like it only took a couple years for people to be like all right well this is pretty cool let's see who can do it the fastest and the best and the heaviest and right xyz yeah um <clears throat> but i think that is, that's also driven the success of crossfit like mm-hmm. having that side of it yeah um, the competitive side and obviously that provided a lot of like media attention for Mm -hmm. the the methodology itself yeah i like to always like think about it as like you couldn't if you had this like fitness program that you wanted the world to know about you couldn't start with like grandparents like saying like oh look how fit i got this like 60 year old woman i got her off her you know medications and she can squat to depth now like that that's not like a like a very salesy or like that's not like a high impact way to start a fitness regimen so so they i don't know if they did it on purpose or what but starting with like military first responders and like the crossfit games like they that was kind of like the proving grounds for like the methodologies of crossfit you know yeah and now having that kind of like a dichotomy even like greg glassman is still struggling with like how to handle that uh, it's almost like the two-headed dragon of CrossFit now. It's like we have these incredibly fit athletes who are, you know, their day-to-day life is, like, getting better at CrossFit. And then we have, like, the actual base-level, affiliate-level health benefits, getting the 60-year-old grandma off of her meds and getting her to squat to depth and all those benefits. And, like, how do you, um, you know, how, how do those two things exist in harmony as the same entity? Right under the same umbrella of CrossFit because it's almost like at this point they're like becoming two separate things. Right. And I, I kind of think they should be because the CrossFit games and kind of intimidates one population and then it motivates another population. Um, but I think, yeah, I think having them separate is, is, uh, you know, could be a good thing that there's like a clear definition of the two different ones. Um, but at the same time, I think they can benefit each other, you know, like, like you can learn from an elite athlete and apply it to, um, to the general population, you know? Yeah. 
I think they're both necessary for the continual growth of CrossFit too. Like you can't just you can't just shun one or the other yeah. um, and expect it to still thrive and grow the way it has been over the past twenty years. Um, yeah. but you're saying they kind of they feed each other in a way, right? Yeah, and in what 2018 they got rid of the um, regionals, and that was like a big shift in the games, um, and it definitely like pissed off a lot of people. Um, and you know because the regionals for a lot of people was like their games, you know, and so they took that away, and um, you know the, the reasons for it make sense. Like they were losing, um, I think he said like a, over a million dollars on each regional. Um, event or each regional you know weekend or whatever um so yeah i mean it makes sense to kind of streamline it more um but you know change is tough and people didn't like it but this is the natural growth of a sport too Mm -hmm. right i mean if you think back to the the early years the nfl it was people there was lawyers firefighters like playing football on the weekends and then it came a point where if you wanted to be good at the nfl you had to focus on playing football right that's where we're at in the early stages of CrossFit games too, and like like Tyler said, we're we're eight years into the CrossFit games as a, as a sport itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, about twenty years in as a, a training modality, but this is still the the infant years of the sport. It's going to change again in probably five years, and change again in probably five years after that, and it's going to constantly evolve. But right. um, that was the first evolution, I think, of of really becoming a professional sport. Was like if you want to be good at this, you have to be good at this. Right. <laughs> you have to be a professional. Yeah, and I th- I think they should and i'm sure they always will keep the crossfit open because it's cool it's kind of like a way to like you know run a 5k with some of the best runners mm-hmm. in the world you know like people love um running 5ks even if they're not expecting to win it you know um so the open is just a really cool way of like getting the whole entire crossfit community in the world to mm-hmm. um to compete but at the same time i think there does there's a huge separation between like people just doing the open for fun and and the person winning the game so i think the new format like the sanctioned events also is more of a stable kind of system like going into the future because it gives like opportunities to smaller venues and smaller like you know businesses if you will to put on those events and it's not it doesn't all have to be tied to like the Reebok umbrella right. which isn't even going to be I'm pretty sure this is their last year under contract to like be the game sponsor so there's going to be a lot of shake up in that end too but could be Rogue yeah could be yeah. the Rogue CrossFit games right my prediction um, but it's cool to like see now that it can it can like spring up anywhere like if you have the resources and mm-hmm. the money you can put on a sanctioned event um and provide more opportunities for athletes and not have to be, you know, always tied to, like, the, the mothership. Right. I've always looked at it kind of like golf. Like, you have the PGA Tour, and they go to all these different golf courses over the world, and you get to go and compete if you qualify, and you make the cutoff, and you, you make a purse for that for that event. And if you do well throughout the tour during the year, you get invited to the championship. And it's kind of like how the, the games have turned into. These athletes now have a chance I mean, the purse is growing for the CrossFit Games too, but it's pretty much if you, if you're a top level athlete, is the ones who get paid. But now that you can have the athletes who are kind of middle, you're from bottom of the barrel, go to multiple sanctionals around the world, make a decent living doing so, uh, and and again, 
provide money to these other corporations or other companies as well. So it's gonna. I think it's gonna turn more into a. Um, you'll see these athletes competing a bunch during the off season or during in season, but not the CrossFit Games. And then you'll see them all have the championship at the games. Yeah, yeah. and adding the national champions at like as a you know one way bid to the games was also like a good way to bolster CrossFit across you know the world as like a legit training right. methodology. Yeah. Yeah. And bring you know the whole global community together, right? Yeah, I think the like in the when it first rolled out the you know the sanctionals or the uh, yeah sanctionals they um, like people were definitely kind of turned off by it and afraid of it. But I think now it's definitely evolved to something that's kind of better for those athletes that were shooting for regionals because they can make mm-hmm. that their big event of the year. And yeah, it can be. I think it. I think it worked out pretty good. Yeah. Well, and if you make it or not, you still get to compete side by side with like right. the Game top athletes. athletes. Yeah. yeah, and to put it in perspective, like in terms of like economic uh, opportunities for athletes, like you said, the purse for first place in two thousand seven was five hundred five hundred dollars. At Dubai last year, you could get thirty grand for winning an event, not even winning the mm-hmm. the whole tournament, just right. winning like a single event. You get like yeah. a thirty thousand dollar purse. Yeah, which is, it's insane. Just gotta find a way to make it more enjoyable to watch now on TV. Yeah, that's the thing. Right? <laughs> <laughs> even yeah, still as figuring that, even out. as avid CrossFit lovers, it's tough to watch. If sometimes. it doesn't say Rogue on <laughs> yeah. it, I'm like, next. Yeah. <laughs> no thanks. Yeah. Um, and then, like on the opposite side of things, the CrossFit health uh, portion has grown in equal proportion to CrossFit as a sport. Um, like. CrossFit um, has taken on like Coca-Cola and they're basically like going after healthcare and um, the prescription drug industry and kind of infiltrating um, even like you know doctor education and stuff uh, through you know the guys of CrossFit yeah they have the level one is it called the level one doctor certification yeah, something or like something yeah um I think that's really cool that they're trying to get doctors to prescribe, you know, health and fitness and nutrition um, mm. over prescriptions. Medications, yeah. yeah. Uh, that, that's where the future of fitness, is, or excuse me, future of health is going to be. I think health cares are inside of these walls here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and one day, hopefully, you can have someone who's maybe obese or some metabolic disorder, go to a doctor, instead of giving them blood pressure medications, maybe give them something to get them through the next uh, few weeks or months if they need to, but also say, like, here's a prescription for the guys down the street at CrossFit. Go see them. Right. And here's a dietitian down the road, too. Like, why don't you meet up with them as well? I want right. you going to the CrossFit gym three times a week or something like that. Right. I think that's the future of healthcare. Yeah, that would be cool, especially if, like, I mean, this is going down a rabbit hole, but, like, your health insurance wouldn't cover you unless you did something like that. Yeah. Um, that would save a lot of money in health health care, I feel like. But. Yeah. <laughs> I can completely empathize with Greg Glassman, like his confliction with, like he says, the magic of CrossFit exists at the affiliate level, like those health benefits mm-hmm. you're talking about. And, like, it, it's proven it does work and it can get you off medication. And <clears throat> I can see how he struggles with balancing that with the sport end of it because it's like it's tremendous growth in in two opposite directions almost right so maybe it is gonna split at some point crossfit health and crossfit sport but it's all operating under the same right you know general goal 
the fitness. Yeah. Yeah, I think they'll both they both have enough like merit behind them to be successful. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. But in you, even like the fitness industry, even if say like in ten years something happens and CrossFit isn't um, around anymore, which I, I think it's going to be around forever. But you know, say something happened or whatever, um, I think the impact of CrossFit is really visible you see it with like orange theories kind of you know basically franchising and dumbing down (laughs) um crossfit and just every everywhere you go all the gold's gyms global gyms they're like camps yeah yeah. they're like someday the the name crossfit might go away for whatever reason but the 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 theories and the methodology and the spirit of crossfit will always right impact gyms yeah yeah and i think like now we're seeing this kind of dumbing down of CrossFit um, I've seen a lot of which is like okay these Olympic lifts are very technical they can be intimidating so let's like get rid of them instead mm-hmm. of being like what a CrossFit is originally for is like hey let's let's push ourselves and let's get um, let's get, get good at these Olympic lifts we'll take the time to train people um, so they know how to do it correctly um, so I think you're seeing that like dumbing down of it, um, but I think it's important to kind of keep the the original um, movements of CrossFit because they're, they're they are beneficial and they've been proven mm-hmm. to be, you know. Because if, if you just keep dumbing it down, eventually it's you're going to be back to like you know, on a treadmill. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's so much beyond just like an Olympic lift being physically good for you. It's you, you're learning how to fight through something that's tough and learning how to set right. goals and achieve them and mm-hmm. you're learning body awareness and you're learning how to move through space better and you're making you a less clumsy person. There's so many things beyond just this is good at building muscle or whatever it is. It's, it's right. making you a better person overall. Right. Yeah, it's just like golfing if you go back to your uh, golfing. Um, like learning how to play golf. Like you might not be the best golfer in the world, but you can apply like what you learn from like practicing and developing your technique. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of benefits that you'll get off of the golf course as well. You know, same mm-hmm. thing applies to Olympic lifts and some of the more complex things we do here. And it's also exciting, like as a coach, to um, see that it's, it's still continuously growing and that we're kind of fighting that watering down effect, like as things progress <clears throat> the coaches also have to step their game up and like keep up with the times mm-hmm. and um like carry the torch for like what the true nature of what we're trying to do is so that's exciting like choosing coaching as a career because um it's kind of open-ended and right. and up to us to like make sure we're bringing it where it needs to be yeah you know? yeah if, even like there's tons of like business mentors and like these kind of things that are like marketing towards affiliate owners and like some of them are like hey let's get rid of the barbell and the pull-up rig because it takes up more space you can make more money like per square foot if you get rid of the barbell and like there's all these kind of like things that are centered on like making more money or dumbing down crossfit and it's not um, what got us here right no. <laughs> and that, yeah it's it's important to like keep keep the integrity of it i think and um always like always focus on like how can you best help your members and that's kind of how greg glassman started and that's why it became so successful as he was he's always thought like how can i make this beneficial for my uh 
not only CrossFit athletes, but he's thinking about his affiliates. And so I think that's something to take away from the huge success of CrossFit. Yeah. So we've come a long way, 20 years in. We'll see where the next 20 goes. Until next week.